welcome back to a serious series of utmost importance, the series, the sub-series about the best albums of each decade. I'm one of your hosts, Neil. And I'm also a host, Tom. And, and we, we know Tom's last name and social through earlier episodes <laughs> this season. Yeah, actually, there's a cipher. If you take the first letter of every one of my album picks and turn that into a number, you get my full social security and uh, bank password. How does so that work? Get after, those listens up. How does that work after like the tenth letter of the alphabet? Does each one represent two digits? <laughs> that's that's a good question. Uh, Keep listening to find out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the third part in our series. I think this is the most momentum we've had in a long time. This is this is the Maybe most ever. consistent we've recorded these episodes. I think since we. Uh, I was going to say since we started this podcast, but I think this is even more than when we initially started the podcast. Yeah, I think this is the most ever, which is great. It's a good, it's a good sub-series. It's been fun to record. Yeah. Um, this, this is the 2000s that we're going to talk about today. Last couple times were 2020s, 2010s. How do you feel about the 2000s as a concept comparatively? I think that the 2000s in picking the albums is very similar to 2010s where I probably picked like 25 and then I had to narrow it down and it was pretty difficult. Yeah. So I think there's a lot. And I, I also think after this, it's going to be a, there will be fewer albums, I think. Or yeah, I think there'll be fewer and I will feel less passionate about them what i'm trying to say is it's all gonna suck after this episode (laughs) so if you want to stop listening stop listening after this one i think that i was surprised that uh, the 2000s were equally as difficult for me as the 2010s i thought they were going to be easier yeah me too uh yeah a lot of the bands that were popular in the 2010s were still popular in the 2000s. Yes. I also think that 2010s, I don't know if you felt this way, but a lot of those were albums I listened to when they were first released, and this may be less so. Maybe I first listened to them a few years after they came out and had already uh, been influential, and then I came, came to them later. I think I can almost, almost all of them, probably. I can see that. Um, you were saying that when we're, you're, you were looking at our lists, you were surprised that there was not more overlap, or that there no. I was. I knew that there would definitely be overlap. I feel like two thousands, twenty tens. I think we'll have the most overlap. Mm-hmm. But it's not what I. So the albums that do overlap is not are not what I was expecting. Okay, should we jump? I mean, there's into only it? two, I guess. There's only two, but yeah, let's jump into it. So I will say that some of the ones that I excluded are on your list, and yeah. I, I don't know. I think you made at, some mistakes. I think I may have made a mistake. Just, 
I may have made one one mistake. <laughs> Only one. Yeah. I think I know what it is. <laughs> I have I have thoughts. <laughs> well, let me start. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> so I was like, wow, you didn't really think about this very hard. I just, or sometimes, uh, that's not true. Sometimes you think about it too hard and you miss the most obvious thing right in front of you. Yeah. All right, so let's just get into it because people don't know what we're talking about. Um, well, I, I, w- s- I will just say because this is a an audio format, I just took out one that we're not going to talk about now. I took out... The Flaming Lips, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Great album, but not one of the 10 best albums of this decade. And again, as always, these lists are not in any particular order. Number one is not the best album. They're just 10 great albums. So I actually did put them in order, but I put them in chronological order. Because that seemed to make sense last time. Uh, So I can start. Please do. So the first in chronological order album we already talked about a couple of years ago, I guess. It's Discovery by Daft Punk. Uh, yeah, this was the one that I was like, definitely there will be overlap. <laughs> I was surprised to see that there wasn't. It's crazy, but that's actually on my list. You know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it was always on there. It didn't yeah. just take the place of the Flaming Lips. Uh, I would... I would say, as not Neil, this is probably Neil's favorite album of the decade that didn't even make it on there. I. It's definitely one of my favorite albums. Is it my favorite album of the decade? Maybe. Maybe. No, no, I'd okay. say actually it's not. I'd say I got more into the electronic music in the later half of the 2000s and then early 2010s. And so in the time, in the 2000s, Maybe this wasn't on my radar as much, but retroactively, it's one of the, uh, it's it's a great piece of music to have come out of this time period. But yeah. I don't think I listened to it as much when I was when it was coming out. I was uh, I was very young. <laughs> yeah, I was not on top of it when I was nine. I don't think I listened to any music besides whatever my parents played on the radio. Or your parents played a lot of Daft Punk Discovery. Yeah. Uh, so I've probably told this in our Daft Punk episode, but I did first hear this probably when I was in middle school because I was on a field trip and I sat next to this kid who was a year older than me. He was like, you want to hear some cool music? And then he, I listened on his MP3 player. Maybe it was iPod. I don't know two songs it was one more time and harder better faster stronger i i couldn't believe that you could make music like that i was like whoa that's and i never i don't think i'd ever heard electronic music at all it was all rock or whatever just regular instruments so it totally blew my mind you know i'm i'm thinking of that scene in uh in back to the future when Marty McFly is, is playing some music at the end, he's like, you guys aren't ready for it, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> Even though I listened to this, I first heard it a few years after it was actually released, but I personally wasn't ready for it. I think that's true because I listened to this and then I didn't... I think I 
did download those songs when I got home, but I didn't listen to the rest of the album for many years after that. I wasn't lis- listening to albums back then. Do you think the statute of limitations on downloading stuff from LimeWire and Kaza has expired? What do you mean? Like, if we were to admit to having used LimeWire <laughs> and Kaza back in the day, could we get arrested today? I think it would be like the IT crowd see Northway come in and, and shoot you. <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. <laughs> um, I will neither admit or deny that perhaps I downloaded this album on LimeWire, I think, Ooh. back in the day. Probably a good, what? probably a top LimeWire download. Also, Human After All, I downloaded online. I may have downloaded online wire. Hmm. No, no confirmation here. Maybe. Um, what is there to say about this album? Uh, it was released in 2001. So mm-hmm. chronologically first. In fact, March 2001. Um, it was definitely a departure from homework, right? Which was yeah. a lot more typical electronic this was a concept album this was the album after they adopted the robot heads yeah uh it was more disco i think i'll be honest with you random access memories discovery love them after that it's a pretty pretty big gap for me i'm not as into homework or human after all i like them but Wait, I thought I thought homework was before. Homework discovery. was before. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I don't like a gap in what I like. So oh, I'm, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I guess I like their more disco and more musical albums than electronic. Human After All was not well received at the time either way. Yeah. People wanted more discovery. And they got um, sort of a combination punky vibe. Okay. I was going to say it was kind of like in between homework and discovery. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about it. This album's great. It has its anime movie. Oh, yeah. Interstellar 555. <laughs> to dove into quite a bit. Um. Yeah, this song, I mean, sorry, this album is uh, very interesting. Definitely has some classical music in it also. Classical or classic Daft Punk music? Both. Veritas Quo, a little classical. (laughs) I thought Veritas Quo you were giving as like the the Daft Punk song. Definitive. The definitive. Not Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger also on this album. No. Uh, Screw that. Veritas Quo is where it's at. I have a couple comments, and then I'll jump, and then you can jump in too. Hit it. Uh, One, I was looking at this album, and on Wikipedia, saw that Todd Edwards, which we touched on briefly last week, he contributed to the vocals of Fragments of Time on Random Access Memories. Yes. He also sang Face to Face, which I didn't know. Same oh. guy. D- 
Didn't someone uh, who was famous on their vocals from this album die? Yes. Romanthony. Romanthony is dead. The guy who sang One More Time in Too Long. Hmm. He died in 2013 uh, due to complications from kidney disease, which is sad. He was only 45. But uh, both of those guys were kind of DJs and musicians in the electronic scene. Um, and so they had worked with Daft Punk and sang on on those albums, which, I, I mean, I think they're the only ones that have guest vocals. But they're also some of the most memorable songs from this, I think. So what do you have to say about this album? About Discovery. I don't care for it. <laughs> no, it's a great album. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have a whole lot else to say about it. I feel. I feel like it's such a an obvious piece of uh, musical canon that maybe that's why I, I skipped it initially in my list. Like I don't even think of it as an album from the two thousand. I just think of it as like one of the the albums that defines music almost. If that yeah makes sense. I'll I'll say one thing on its legacy. Interestingly, I I have all of my albums pulled up. Mm-hmm. This was initially the lowest rated by Pitchfork. <laughs> it was initially given a six point four. I have a I have an idea. Um, I think that instead of. Uh... We've had a we've had a good run with the current name of our podcast, which is Serious Series of Utmost Importance, the series. It's obviously tongue in cheek. It's uh, you know, it's it's got it's uh, whatever amount of following it has. People know what they uh, what to expect when they hear that name. I think that uh, going forward for the rest of the season and beyond, we should change our name to the Fuck Pitchfork Podcast because it has some more alliteration. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I really don't like those guys, but I do still check. I check every, I check every once in a while, but I don't. I never look at the rating until after I've listened to something. Yeah, I think maybe maybe I used it more back in the day, like as a, dis, a music discovery yeah. thing when you weren't sure what to listen to. But now you don't need that with uh, with the streaming music platforms. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, they did reassess from a 6.4 to a 10 out of 10. Oh my god. And then called it the 12th best album of the decade. So, uh, hopefully whoever wrote that review got fired. Or defenestrated. What does that mean? Thrown out of a window. Is that really what it means? Yeah. Huh. It's a good word. That'd be a great threat. Yeah. Unless you're on the first floor. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's keep moving. What do you got? So I got uh, Radiohead in Rainbows. Also one of my picks. Also one of your picks. Oh, okay. So the first two are, are basically the same. Oh, um, we agree. Yeah. 2007. So uh, not close chronologically, <clears throat> but this was Radiohead's seventh album released. Uh, for a pay-what-you-want fee on their website, including mm-hmm. $0.00 and $0.00, which I think is what I paid for it. And, <laughs> you know, I 
I regret doing that now, but also I was a wee lad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel like having to explain to my parents why I needed their credit card information. Yeah. Um, and maybe I... maybe that was the point. Like if it came out now, I would probably I would definitely pay for it. Um, yeah. If that was the only way to to get it, but uh, you know they they gained themselves a new fan in two thousand seven. I'd say by doing this. Yeah. I have uh, two personal like recollections of this album, which I'm sure I probably shared before, but it's been a while. Two things. First time I ever heard this, I remember I was at cross-country practice running on the track, mm-hmm. and people were talking about this album, and that you could pay whatever you wanted, including nothing, mm-hmm. which I thought was so cool. But then my mom bought the album for like a CD for me, um, which kind of defeated the purpose, but she, she had heard that it was a really cool album and gave it to me. And I listened to it. And I was like, what is, I don't, I don't like this. That's I don't pretty under- cool. That's I don't understand. Cool album to get. Yeah. I just didn't really get it. And I think I liked a couple songs, like the faster songs, but it was not, I was not ready for it when I first heard it. Can you guess what the average price paid, which includes people who paid zero? Um, a dollar. No, it's actually higher. A dollar and ten cents. No, it's like double that. Two dollars and twenty cents. Two twenty-six. Wow. All right. Sixty-two percent of downloaders paid nothing. Uh, yeah. Of you, those who you, paid, the average was six bucks. When you think about it, no one pays for music. I mean, you pay a monthly fee for music now, right. but no one really, no one buys albums individually. This was ahead of its time. Yeah, it really was. I think, um, and you know. Talking about LimeWire, this was like the heyday of LimeWire, I think. Or at least Tor- like I think, Pirate I think Bay. It peaked. And... I think it had peaked by now. Yeah, now I think it was on Pirate Bay and stuff. Pirate Bay. So people were downloading stuff anyway. Um, and I think this was their first album not with a like major record label. So Yeah, their, their contract with EMI ended in 2003. Yeah. So let me ask you this. There were a lot of choices for Radiohead for this decade. Why did you pick this one and not other albums? Um, what were the other albums? Oh, not Kid A? Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, Kid A is probably like the expected pick. Like, so, so Kid A was a. Uh, I understand that it was one of their big, defining ones that sort of switched them between genres and and showed that they were more than just you know that classic British rock band. I still haven't really ever fully gotten into Kid A, despite promising a couple of years ago that I would give it a fair <laughs> shake. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um. How about you? I think my gut reaction was to put it first. In, Kid A in or front of, in Rainbows? In front of 
Kid A in front of in rainbows. But then when I looked at it again, I was, my thought was, there's a couple of songs I really like from Kid A. Yeah. But then the rest, not as much. That, okay, I felt, I felt that way for a few albums. Like when I was putting together this list more than any of the other lists, there are a lot of albums, a lot of artists that had a couple of great songs on an album in the decade of the 2000s, but I didn't uh mesh with the rest of the album as much yeah and that was why a couple of them got excluded because on the whole like album wise there are uh some some great options but yeah no i definitely agree and it was hard to i think i mostly pick albums where i like the whole thing all the way through maybe there's one song i'm like "Eh, it's kind of a so-so but yeah, because best songs of the decade would be a different different type of thing. Yeah. Um Also, the songs on this album, every every single one I think is is pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. I have a it, question. Yeah. So it's said that the song Nude was their first top 40 song in really? the US since creep which i was kind of i was very surprised <laughs> like that song of all of them but i actually don't remember this is me being an idiot that's a slow song right i think so yet what does it sound like if you had to hum it i don't know i don't remember do you no I'm just going to play it. Oh, yeah. I just looked at the music video for it, and this is one of those uh, Tom York flailing around music videos. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get any big ideas, right? Yeah. That is a good song. What was their album after this? Uh, after this was what? I think it was um, <clears throat> that weird one. Burn the Witch? King of Limbs. King of Limbs. King of Limbs. Oh, King of Limbs was so weird. Yeah, it was okay. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was good because it was Radiohead. Yeah. It wasn't good on its own. I agree. Um, In Rainbows was easier to immediately like. It was catchier. Definitely. Despite the uh, the artistic reaches. Yeah. No, it's like the perfect balance, right, of of artistic experimentation, but not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, it's still fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about In Rainbows? Uh, no. All right, let's move on to your next one. So these are, are those are only ones that overlap actually this time. That's it. Wow. All right. Very different than the 2010s. Yeah, I'm surprised. Okay, so this next one, I'm surprised it's not on your list also. Mm-hmm. White stripes, white blood cells. So I had a hard time kind of hard time picking between elephant and 
white blood cells. Yeah. But again, looking at the track listing front to back, I thought that this was, this had the songs that I go back to more. Um, and also even this, the, the, you know, second tier songs, I think are better in my opinion. Um, so again, this is going, turning back the clock back to 2001. This is July. Uh, this was their big breakthrough album. Um, it, <laughs> we've also had a White Stripes album, so kind of going back and talking about some of this, but this was moving away from blues towards their more classic garage rock sound. Uh, this has a lot of their most popular songs, I think, still. Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground, Hotel Yorba, Fell in Love I'm with a Girl. Hard, I'm Finding Harder to Be a Gentleman. Oh, yeah. Little Room. Oh, Little Room's great. We're Gonna Be Friends, Offend in Every Way, I Think I Smell a Rat. And then on the yeah. Japanese edition, Jolene. Right. <laughs> Japanese always gotta always gotta listen to the Japanese edition. Uh yeah, there, I mean this there album's are four, fantastic. There are four white stripes albums in the two thousands. I didn't include any of them. And why might you ask? Yeah. I honestly maybe it's just because we talked about them so recently in uh, in an episode. But I uh, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot else to say. But also, when I'm like looking at the whole of the of the rest of the, I I feel I feel like more so for the two thousands I I kind of picked less uh, rock stuff than than the two thousand tens. I'm the opposite. I picked mm-hmm. more rock. I had White Stripes Elephant as uh, as a runner up. But white blood cells, uh, not uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't choose it. I just feel like you're going against. I, I don't <laughs> know. I just feel like I don't even know you anymore. My okay. My, I will say my list. Yeah, my list this time is a little more eclectic. Okay. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's let's keep moving. I mean, Daft Punk. In Daft fact, Punk all three of like... these we've already talked about. Another, yeah. which I think goes to show, like these are these are great albums. bands we really great, like, great bands. and yeah, and the fourth one I guess won't be different, or the fifth one. So, um, my next one is Arctic Monkeys. Whatever people say, I am that's what I'm not. The 2006 album that was their debut album, and there were two more uh, albums by the Arctic Monkeys in this uh, decade. There was Humbug and Favorite Worst Nightmare. Both, all all three great albums. The reason I picked this one in particular is it was their breakthrough. And I feel like in terms of influence on, on rock, it had, uh, it had the biggest impact. Yeah. Now, it had the biggest impact. It's hard to pick what their sound is. But nothing else that they ever made sounds like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so it's this and AM that I think are their two most popular ones. Mm-hmm. Um, this was is like an evolution of Brit of British rock, like from the Oasis era to now. It was angrier. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that. And then um, favorite worst nightmare was kind of more of this, but uh, but less so less unique. No, I think it was more polished and less like this is this is like the English version of garage rock. From yeah, raw. The white like stripes this... and strokes, right? Yeah, this sounds raw. Yeah, favorite worst nightmare is not raw. Not raw. That this this is a better uh, this is better in my opinion because of that. Yeah. Um, Although I you, like favorite worst nightmare. Yeah, I like I like all their albums. Um, all, with the caveat that I have not listened to the car yet. <laughs> is that out? Uh, is it out? I don't know. I read uh, I read an interview recently with um, uh, Alex Turner. And... Oh, it came out yesterday. Oh, it came out yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this on this interview with Alex Turner, he said, "I know people want me to make AM again." I see but, that. Uh, but just... we're, yeah. Sorry. It was Rolling Stones or something. Um, yeah. I mean Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, and he said, we're not going to do that. This feels like a more natural evolution for us. Oh, God. So well, I think I think at some point we should have an, uh, a, an episode devoted to the, the New Arctic Monkeys albums again. But for right now, in terms of impact album from the 2000s, uh, favorite, worst nightmare, great album, great songs. I bet you look good on the dance floor. Fake Tales of San Francisco, Dancing Shoes, Marty Bum. When the sun goes down, from the wrists of the rubble, a certain romance, all classics, all classics. Yeah, this is a great pick. It was definitely, definitely an honorable mention online. It was tough. It's probably like eleven or twelve online. So, yeah, it's great. Who do you have next? Okay, next, still in two thousand one, mm-hmm. now July. I have Is This It by The Strokes. Great album. This might be... This might be my top album. Not ranking them. But it might be. No. Shit. What? It's a great album. There's so many yeah. albums. There's, okay, this, this, this one was hard. Yeah. I think ment- maybe mentally I just blocked all the stuff that we very recently talked about on the podcast. Yeah, so we've talked about The Strokes. We've talked about all these albums so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. This one, like, er- this is one where every song is great. And even the alternate track is really good. What's the alternate track? So, originally it was New York City Cops, and then in the U.S. Oh, yeah, yeah. they changed it to When It Started. Yeah. Uh, both great songs. Uh... This is an album that when I, I, okay, it came out in 2001. I probably didn't listen to it until almost 10 years later. But when I did, I think I listened to it every day for like a few months and maybe multiple times a day, which is weird. I've never done that. Oh, I guess I have, but, uh, 
I haven't done it since, I'll say that. Um, this is, you know, it started the garage rock explosion. If it didn't start it, it, it blew it up along with the white stripes. Um, this had a, definitely a different feel than white stripes. Were, were More... strokes uh, garage rock? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely more, I mean, obviously they're from New York. They're like big city feel cool. White stripes was maybe a little more raw. You didn't know that much about them. These guys had a vibe. Um, just cool. Um, didn't care from New York kind of going back to Hark getting back to New York punk scene from the 70s with like the Ramones and Lou Reed and all that. Uh, it's just great. They're all short songs. They're super punchy. They all sound kind of similar, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so this is fantastic. I agree. Um, I, I and I've said this before, great album, not my favorite Strokes album. Yeah, that's crazy. But th- I think that just uh, <laughs> goes to show how great the Strokes uh, current stuff is. The new Abnormal, great album. Oh yeah, and I told you I was listening to that podcast and I thought and I heard that they're coming out with a new one. Oh, a new new one. Yeah. Oh, was 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 this the one you said Rick Rubin was a guest on some podcast? Yeah. Um, he said that they had, they were like recording on top of a mountain in Costa Rica. Classic. So, should be vintage Strokes, man. Costa Rica rainforest sound. That's more uh, Animal Collective esque. Yeah. But I don't know. It's Rick Rubin produced. Uh, the new abnormal, so I'm feeling I'm I feel good about it. Hopefully, it's as good. Or now, let me ask you: When you hear Rick Rubin, because I don't know what this person looks like, do you oh, think you Rick Ross? Yeah, kind of. And I think I have them mixed up in my head. I get that. Also, Rick Rubin produced a lot of hip hop. Oh, really? So. He's probably most famous for like producing some of Jay Z's albums. Rick Rubin and Rick Ross do not <laughs> look similar. Okay, no. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, Rick Rubin seems like a cool guy. I would hang out with him. Oh, okay. There's a uh, there's a tweet by SZA from July fourteenth, twenty twenty, at three ten p.m. saying, "Not my mom." Confusing Rick Ross with Rick Rubin, so it's not just me; it's also SZA's mom. Uh, I'm gonna take a. Let me see. There's got to be some albums. You're, okay, so he's produced for Red Hot Chili Peppers. By the way, mm-hmm. he did a lot with System of a Down. Okay. Jay Z. Uh, what else? Some of Johnny Cash's last albums. The American Four was on my oh, the American number four was uh was on my list, but I didn't include it as one of the best ones because it's also one of those ones that I only liked a couple of songs on. Right. 
there's a lot of that. Anyway, I'm going to follow up with you and tell you all of the uh, albums he did, including Weezer, the Red Album. Oh, no. The worst. <laughs> That's a bad one. one. One of the bad ones. Pork and Beans, go on. It's like, uh, it's, like right. it, it's like a hate listen. You, you listen to it. And you love the songs, and you hate yourself for loving the songs. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's next continue along. So next, I have a true classic of modern American uh, music. And let me just make sure I spelled this correctly, because I don't think I did. Yeah, I didn't. So <laughs> the album is Elefunk by the Black Eyed Peas. It is the third studio album released in 2003, and it's spelled E-L-E-P-H-U-N-K. What are your thoughts on Elefunk, Tom? And where would you say it ranks in the canon of the Black Eyed Peas? Uh, right before this was Bridging the Gap. Right after this was Monkey Business. <laughs> I will say, I was a little surprised to see this on here. Wait, mm-hmm. how do you spell it, Elefunk? with a ph with a ph so for my first comment when i saw this was you put elephant over elephant by the white stripes i did i did that's crazy like listen it i i had three albums that all had uh to do with elephants um tokyo police club's elephant shell was also <laughs> in consideration and the reason i went with elephant is on the whole more impactful album to me okay so i know a few of these songs mm-hmm. let's get retarded also known as let's get it started yes <laughs> i didn't know that uh that when the, when that song came out i'd only heard the radio version and i didn't know that on I the think, album the original one was was that i think that's a dumb like i like let's get it started better yeah it makes so much more sense yeah um, um, hey, hey, mama. hey mama smells like funk i don't know that song so it's it, the thesis of this song is if it smells like funk it must be funk <laughs> how do you smell funk you mean listen no nope. if it smells like funk it must be funk okay and then okay. latin girls uh just uh i also don't know wh- that so that's just will i am talking about the different uh, uh latin girls he likes like which uh from which countries let me just go oh, okay. the lyrics yeah i was just about to ask about that latin girls black-eyed peas <clears throat> so the full <laughs> full lyrics cuban girls cuban girls puerto rican girls puerto rican girls mexican girls mexican girls spanish girls spanish girls i like them girls girls latin girls latin girls latin girls what's happening girls what's happening girls what's happening <laughs> There's more. He he goes. Oh, uh, he he discusses good. more. Keep and going, please. A, oh, you want me to continue? All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to scroll up because I scrolled all the way down. I like Latin, them Latin women, and they love me because I'm that man with coconuts and chocolate skin. I'm that mocha masculine, feminines that are Latin. Call your friends and call your cousins because <laughs> I know you got dozens of them. Oh no. Maria's Elizabeth, Sonia's and Blanca's. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough. All right, that's fine. Um, Man, this is good. 
right? One of the no, best. Um, the Boogie That Be. <laughs> Actually a great song. I um, also don't know that. It's, uh, the thesis of this is, I think it's Bounce Boo to the Boogie That Be. So Anxiety. I, I'm looking Copperage. at this. I, oh God. I only know the singles from this. Uh, and then, was... you know, you know, the big one on this, which is, uh, where's the love. Yeah. Actually a, a really good song. Like some of these other ones are certainly questionable, but, uh, where's the love I think is actually a good hip hop song from that time period. Uh, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I like part of it. It's kind of cheesy, man. It is cheesy. No one ever said Will I Am wasn't cheesy. Yeah. That's true. I do like I do like the Black Eyed Peas only because so many people don't like them. I think that's why I'm okay <laughs> with it. So the other one I know is Shut Up. Shut Up. Shut Up. I think that's on Monkey Business, if I'm remembering no, it's correctly. Here. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I think I liked so this album because uh, my mom had this CD and uh-huh. she played it when we were driving to school a lot. So maybe nice. that's why. Weird album for my mom to own. <laughs> the next one has uh, has My Humps. Ooh. And, Pump it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's less. And then the END, which of course stands for The Energy Never Dies, was in 2009. Okay. That has boom boom pow. I got a feeling. Meet Ooh. me halfway. I'm a B. Really, really not great. Uh, not great. The evolution of the Black Eyed Peas is a really wait. Interesting you, I thought you topic. loved those songs. Comparatively to their earlier stuff, no. In a I vacuum, like yes. Yeah. I like them. I won't say they're good, but I like them. The the album after the END is the beginning, which I love. Oh jeez. I love that uh, that it's just called the beginning, but uh, that, that has the time dirty bit. Crazy. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah. Huh. That was okay. really peak Black Eyed Peas, and then after that, in 2020, they had Ritmo, which uh, was of course <laughs> on the uh, Bad Boys Three soundtrack. Ah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Two great pieces of art. Yes, and then Mamacita. Yeah. Anyways, Elefunk, Peak Black Eyed Peas, fun album. Maybe not one of the most impactful albums, but it's uh, if I had to pick one of the best albums of the 2000s, I'd, I'd throw this on there. And in fact, I did have to pick one of the best albums of the 2000s, and I threw this on there. Interesting. It never even, I never even thought of it. But I, I like that it's on here. All right, this next album is going to be the, is the opposite of Elefunk. It is <laughs> Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. Uh, I feel like this is the most, I guess, pretentious album on my list. But it is... Okay, so just going back, this is also 2001. It was released in September 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I heard, I first heard about this when I took a class in college called rock history. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, which was, in retrospect, it was great, actually. I really liked it. I, if my kid ever took rock history, <laughs> I would slap them. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was, I mean, was it any worse than biology? No, it was more influential on me than, you know, evolutionary you biology? biology. Yeah. Did you take it? Why? I had to for environmental studies. Yeah, but I got more out of that, this rock history than that. So anyway, this is a great, great album. Again, top to bottom. Everything's good. It flows really well. The songs are very different. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably the, at least of the albums we've talked about, feels like the most mature and musically complex so this okay wilco i think i said that but it's nikki hotel fox dropped by wilco yeah wilco had already put out a few albums um i guess this is their fourth album so this felt like their peak um it was interesting there's there's actually a really good documentary that they, they just yeah, on this album, on the making oh. of this album. It was really it was apparently it was very contentious, difficult. Um, there was like a lot of tension within the band and a lot of disputes on how they should do stuff. It's actually a great great album. Uh sorry, great movie. Um it's called I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, which is the name of one of the songs on this. Uh, very interesting. So really, there's for this album, there were really two main guys creatively. Mm-hmm. Jeff Tweedy, who's kind of the main guy from Wilco, main songwriter. Uh, and then this other guy named Jay Bennett, who they were like fighting the whole the whole time, and they argued about so much, like even like transitions between songs. They just would like yell at each other oh he's dead recording. yeah so he died which is kind of sad but honestly <laughs> not to speak ill of the dead but maybe it's just how the movie portrayed him but he seemed like a just like a really great musician but a really difficult guy to work with like hmm. kind of an asshole and this was the last album with him he left the band after this when he died, Jeff Tweedy released a statement saying, We are all deeply saddened by this tragedy. We will miss Jay as we remember him as a truly unique and gifted human being and one who made welcome and significant contributions to the band's songs and evolutions. Our thoughts go out to his family and friends in this very difficult time. So some of that some of that wording is is very deliberate, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I mean they weren't friends, right? Yeah. So he actually died of like a fentanyl overdose. Oh, that's sad. Back in two thousand nine. It was like prescription. Yeah, that was that was back when um, opiate prescriptions were at a higher rate. Now yeah. it's sort of gone the opposite direction, where we don't tend to prescribe opioids because of uh, even even sometimes when we probably should, because of how addictive they are. Right. Um. Anyway, that all kind of went into. I mean, he died few years after this album came out but Hmm. uh 
it's a i mean have you ever listened to this one so i've actually well i'm not a huge um i have nothing you know against them i i just uh, never really got super into wilco in the last yeah. few years actually they've uh, a few of their songs have come up as recommendations and the ones that i've listened to i've really really liked uh the two that I've heard on this album are Jesus, etc., and Heavy Metal yeah. Drummer. But I yeah, haven't heard anything great. else. Those are... So Heavy Metal Drummer is the poppiest, like, super catchy, easy to get into. Mm-hmm. The rest, I would say, and Jesus, etc., also great. Um, War on War is also catchy. I kind of feel like this. the rest of these are songs that you... You wouldn't really pick and listen to on your own. You would only do it if you're listening to the whole album. But they're okay. great. But it kind of doesn't... You kind of need the whole context, I think. Gotcha. Um, I will also say... This is one of those albums where I love this album a lot. I'm not a huge Wilco fan. Like, Oh, really? I really like this album. And... A lot of their other albums are pretty different, more like Americana. And I, I like some of them, but not anything as much as this one. What other, um, I mean, I honestly don't know too much about Wilco. I've just, I've heard a couple of songs of theirs and, and that's it. I, are they, are they considered a, a big yeah, band? Okay. Yeah. They're, so they're not really, here's what I think I didn't really appreciate for a long time. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is, is, is a rock album, but a lot of their other music is not really rock. It's like on the, it's like right on the line of rock and like country Americana slash country. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I get that. So I think if you, if you go into it in that context you can get into some of this stuff what was the name of that documentary you said it's called i'm trying to break your heart so there's another documentary that came out in 2001 on jay bennett called where are you jay bennett that focuses heavily on bennett's year with wilco years with wilco that's interesting Hmm. i feel like because the i'm trying to break your heart movie you know how sometimes there's a documentary and someone ends up being the villain? Yeah, yeah. He definitely was the villain of that movie. Like, so this maybe this documentary was a response to that? I think it probably, I mean, it may have been. Is Wilco worth getting into? Or is it is this album worth, uh, or would you, is Wilco as a whole worth getting into? Or is it just that this album is worth listening to? I think this album is definitely worth listening to. Mm-hmm. I think that Wilco is worth getting into. And I just haven't. I still want. I still feel like I need to get into it more. Or I don't need to, but yeah. I could. I mean, um, you have other tasks to do before you get into Wilco. I believe that uh, you are still uh, trying to get into Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino true. by the Arctic Monkeys. Maybe they will work together. Uh, Wilco and, and Tranquility Base or yeah. Tranquility Base in the car? Ooh. No, I gotta get Tranquility Base before the car. Um, I will say, Wilco, the one other album I like by them is Mermaid Avenue. 
which is good. It's all songs that are, they're all written by Woody Guthrie, the folk singer that he, he had written, but he never recorded them. Oh, this so, is a collaboration album in 98. Yeah. It's actually really good. Uh, it's with Wilco and Billy Bragg. Um, I would recommend, I mean, the song California Stars is fantastic. Okay. Uh, Walt Whitman's niece. Um, yeah. Hmm. This is a good one. It's not rock. It's okay. like folk, kind of. So, We'll give it a shot. That's Wilco. What do you All got right. next? Next, I got Vampire Weekend by Vampire Weekend. Nice. And this this felt uh, this was my um, uh, acquiescence, I think, to that to that idea of uh, of including the song the albums that are obvious for yeah for the best of the two thousands. When I didn't do it for the Strokes, I didn't do it for the White Stripes, but I but I did it for Vampire Weekend. And I can't necessarily say if this is a better album than the Strokes albums and the uh, White Stripes albums that I didn't include. But luckily, you know, there's two two hosts here. We have a top 20 <laughs> of the decade. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vampire Weekend album came out in 2006. It, uh, is it their best album? I'd say no. I'd say Modern Vampires is the best album. That's is it decade. better... Different, I know, different decade. But is it better than the other album that came out in... Oh, actually, Contra also came out in 2010. So this is their Don't best album... This yeah. is their best album of the 2000s. Also, it's a it's a fun debut album. And yeah. I even accepting that maybe it's not as mature or uh or good as their other stuff. It's a doesn't very unique album. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. It's a very unique album. A Punk is uh is a good song. Is it a great song? Yes. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> Wasn't it like on a commercial or something a, a lot of this sounds like stuff that could be on like a car commercial but yeah. i don't mean that in a bad way Oxford, uh, it, it's immature music but uh that's what i wanted back then it's uh it's immature stuff that sounds like it uh like something that a cool kid might play sort of so that's why i didn't like this at first i that's I, I really wanted to not like this but then once i listened to it i was like this is stupid this is this all sounds so good like i do like it yeah it's so it's so easy to listen to and that doesn't that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing there's nothing inherently wrong with being an enjoyable piece of work on the first listen no um damn i was trying to figure out what uh what commercial a punk was in all i could find out was it was in the video game lego rock band i never played also that. guitar hero 5 never played i didn't know there was a guitar hero 5 <laughs> if you if you go through the songs on this album mansard roof oxford comma a punk cape cod quasa quasa m79 campus brin one parentheses blake's got a new face <laughs> i stand corrected Walcott and the kids don't stand a chance. They are all very high quality, very there's high quality bad. songs. Yeah, it's all good. There's, a, there's not anything that I I would inherently want to skip on this album. Yeah, you're right. They are all really good. Yeah, 
and even on Modern Vampires, which again I, is my favorite album of theirs, there's a few songs that I maybe I'm not going to listen to if I'm listening through mm-hmm. the whole thing, depending on my mood. But this one, if you're in the mood to listen to the album Vampire Weekend, you know what you're getting into, and there's nothing on there that you don't want to listen to. Right. I mean, in some ways, it's similar to The Strokes and White Stripes, where they're all short, catchy, yeah, kind of similar. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Like yeah. it's it's all great. Yeah. What's your yeah, favorite a good song choice. on this one? Uh. I think it's a tough one. I think I'm going to go Oxford comma. To me, what puts it over the line is a reference to little John. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a reference to little John or is it a reference to little John from Robin hood? No, no, no. Little John always tells the truth. Doesn't he say, um, first the window, then to the wall. Little Johnny always tells the truth. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. You're right. Yeah. And then this, uh, looking at the Wikipedia page for this, a friendship formed between Vampire Weekend and Little John out of this song that would pan out into Little John cameoing in the music video for Giving Up the Gun. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Also, the music video for this was directed by Richard Ayoade. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah. I just watched uh, the IT Crowd episode where... Uh, they pretend to be proper men. Watch that again. Oh, it's a good one to put on every couple of years. Um, uh, what's your next... Uh... Oh, one thing I, I wanted to mention. the uh, One of the bonus track songs on this, also really good, Ladies of Cambridge. Yeah, I agree. Don't know. Some, I've some never heard bonus tracks. Yeah, I just realized I haven't heard Arrows either. That's the other one on this. Some songs that are on bonus tracks... They should just be on the main album. Why do you even make... The, like, does, I don't know. Does it really impact the sales that much? No. Was that an old that. practice? That is, is that Or is that still happening, where there's Japanese bonus tracks? I think it still happens. Maybe it's not Japanese. Because then there was, like, iTunes extra. Oh, yeah. Now there's Spotify sessions. Right. God. So, I don't know why they do that. Okay, so next album of yours is... Next album is Night Falls Over Cortadala by Jens Lechman. Uh, What happened? My phone fell. Okay, this is my only... I only have two questions about this album. Who the hell is Jens Lechman and what the hell is this album? Have you ever heard this? I've never heard of this or... Really? Yeah, what is this? Okay, this one is amazing. So Jens Lekman is a Swedish like singer. All of okay. his most of it's in English. Uh, you might be thinking a Swedish singer writing in English sounds Abba. really boring. Oh, also Abba. Uh, both Abba and Jens Lekman will tell you you're wrong. That is, <laughs> it's not boring. Great music, surprisingly clever and good writing. I guess that's like Swedish people, right? Like they can speak English better than half of Americans. Uh-huh. Uh, this album's musically great. 
very funny, yet also sincere. Um, yeah, it's it's so good, easily re-listenable. What type um, of music is this? I would say it's pop. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's pop slash it's indie pop. So it's like kind of indie. Um, so the unfortunate thing about this, I found out about this, it did happen recently, but he, for some reason, decided to pull this album from everything. Oh, it's not available on streaming? No. Oh. But then he like re-recorded it and put that out. So he re-recorded like it. Did she do that? Yeah, that's her whole thing. Right, uh, she was re-recording one of her uh, albums that uh, she no longer owns the masters to. Oh, I mean, it could be something similar. It's weird, but if you go on Spotify, the Linden Trees are still in blossom. Mm-hmm. That that's this album, but oh. he just re-recorded it, and it's it's the same. I mean, it's very similar. It's just it's as good, I would say. But it's not the technically it's not the original recording, and there's slight differences. Hmm, that's so um, weird. It is really weird. So this song, this album, what makes it great? I think a lot of it is the lyrics. To be honest, very funny, clever. Um, so some great songs are "Postcard to Nina," mm-hmm. which is him writing a postcard to his friend, who is a lesbian, and he pretends to be her boyfriend for to go have dinner with her father and he kind of writes about that experience very funny hmm. uh friday night at the drive-in bingo great song if you listen to it you might recognize it um man i don't know shirin is great it's about his barber who is an iraqi refugee and uh you know works in her house but doesn't have a work license <laughs> it doesn't sound like it'd be a good song but it is uh you should definitely check this out and maybe it's not your cup i recognize not everyone's gonna like it i will i will but... try it i have you know um I'll, I'll happily give it a shot but here's my uh here's my caveat yeah i will listen to the entirety of this album but you have to listen to the entirety of Tranquility Base. Okay, I'll do it. the car together. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, no, yeah, it actually sounds like an interesting uh, artist. Uh, and if this is the definitive... Oh, okay, well, here's a, here's a Ship of Theseus-style question. Your, your album choice was Nightfall as a recorded dollar. Mm-hmm. Does list? Would you say then that listening to that re-recorded version, which came out last year, would that make that one of the best albums of the 2020s? Or is that... Ooh. <laughs> uh, I would do it, but I'd feel... I would say yes, but I'd feel like I'm cheating. All right. And let me just see. I bet you can still find it on YouTube. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's still on YouTube. Hmm. If you want to listen to the original version. I will listen to both and report back. You know, what we should do at the end of this series of um, 
of uh, best albums by decade, uh, like sub series of episodes that we're doing. We should do a uh, a look back and just see if after we listen to everything, if we agree with our uh, with our original list, like sort of a short episode. Okay. Maybe we have those playlists out there. Yeah. The 2010s playlist is like 17 hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, put it on shuffle. Nice. All right. My next album then is uh, is one that I really firmly stand by. But wow. this is Coldplay. This is Viva La Vida or Death and All of His Friends. Hmm. <laughs> I see your. I can. I can hear your judgment. You know what? Yes, that's my gut reaction, but I'm open to it. Coldplay. They, they. Let me just briefly do a little tangent on Coldplay in general. I understand why people might not like them. The, uh, the albums before this, Parachutes, A Rush of Blood to the Head, X and Y, they were very soft core, pop rock, uh, like ballady type things where um, Chris Martin is, is, you know, just Chris Martining around. <laughs> Skipping this album for a sec. The albums after this, Milo Zyloto, Ghost Stories, A Head Full of Dream, Everyday Life, they're much more poppy yeah. and they're not great and I really don't like them. But this yeah. album, Viva La Vida, something about it really, really uh, musically gels with me. And it, it has that those elements of like the softcore rock. It, it has a lot of or- orchestral stuff. And it, uh, it just is sort of darker than I think I was expecting from them. Viva La Vida and Violet Hill are both really, really good songs. I think those were maybe the two singles off of this. Yeah. I used to, I definitely downloaded Violet Hill. Viva La Vida lost. I don't remember how, I obviously remember Viva La Vida. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the other songs. I, I remember all the other songs. They, um, they're all pretty good, actually. Death and All of okay. His Friends is also pretty good. And they're okay. not what you would necessarily expect from Coldplay. And I don't think it's what Coldplay expected from Coldplay because they never did anything like this again. Huh. So is it similar to their earlier 2000s and 90s albums? No, I'd say it's different. I'd say this is more... Um, I don't know what they were smoking or why they why they moved away. Do you like Coldplay as a band? No. Okay. <laughs> Hard. Why not? Everything they've done after this. Does it? <sighs> but I saw I... them like three times on this tour, and it was it was really fun, really yeah. good, uh, uh, really good songs. And I saw them once on the tour after that, and I was like, I never need to see them again. Here's what I don't get about Coldplay. Mm-hmm. I think it goes into what you're what you're saying right now. Like, right, it, like I actually like this at least the song "Viva La Vida." I think it's mm-hmm. great. It's a really good song. 
after that with all the pop stuff and even to some extent the earlier stuff how can you be a grown man and seriously <laughs> write that shit and be like this is really good art like the i i hope the answer is money I'm and sure i hope it's not something else i'm sure i hope it's not something else the only explanation the only valid explanation is money everything else is delusional uh, i will say two things to that one well i'll say three things one yes money two <laughs> the album viva la vida is based on the french revolution and i think that's why there's some darker themes running throughout it pause mm -hmm. viva la vida is is spanish yes makes no sense why not <laughs> say it vive la vie um you know music <laughs> money bothers me um I do three, like the French Revolution, though. Three. Chris Martin was married to Gwyneth Paltrow at this point, so I do not trust his judgment whatsoever. So Yeah. You can you can be an idiot and still make great art <laughs> accidentally. You can I think be, that's the only explanation. You can be a complete waste of space, uh, except for one great album in 2007, and that's okay. That's more great albums than I've written. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> but I, 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 I really firmly stand by this as one of the best albums of the 2000s. Okay. I'm open to it. I do want to listen bully, to it. Prove you myself could bully wrong. me into taking off Elefunk if you really wanted to. But this one I feel pretty strongly should belong in this list. Okay. What do you got next? All right. What do I got next? Um, okay. Next album, okay, 2007, again, September 2007, Strawberry Jam by Animal Collective. Uh, this is this is my favorite Animal Collective album, more than Meriwether Post Pavilion, which was also, I think, probably like 2009. That was so 2009. That is on my list. Should we just talk about these at the same time? Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, you do have it on your list. Okay. So, Strawberry Jam, why do I like it more than Meriwether? Mm -hmm. I think, to me, it has... The songs that I like on this, I like... They're just higher to me than Meriwether. Um, Peace Bone, Unsolved Mysteries, Forever in Green, Fireworks. Mm-hmm. Definitely some of my favorite Animal Collective songs ever. And I think, too, the second half of the album, like the first half is so great. The second half, kind of sleep on it. But they're also really good songs. Um, so this is like, in a way, kind of rawer, I guess, than Meriwether, which was more, uh, I don't know like polished beautiful album um this has that's like of, that's sort of like the arctic monkeys um first yeah. album versus second album thing true both good mm -hmm. just different um i like i think what it comes down to is i like av tear screaming on this <laughs> like that's what this album's all about if you don't like that you're not gonna like this album 
let me say when I just googled strawberry jam just now to try to pull up the track list what came up was not what I expected which is a small batch strawberry jam recipe on kyliecooks.com <laughs> but that's the other good thing strawberry jam animal collective I got the track list well and the album cover is great it's strawberry jam although yeah. it's it's really just a strawberry that's crushed it's not the full jam it's probably a metaphor for something yeah i i don't i don't know some um i gave this album i think a pretty fair shake i listened to peace bone i mean the ones i like on it are the ones that everyone likes which are peace bone and fireworks yeah but some some of their other ones on this um i, I think uh just never clicked with me and are more like rambly animal collective has two probably more than two but the two vibes that i i really think of when i think of animal collective are sort of that rambly screamy vibe that doesn't go anywhere mm. and peaceful boring vibe mm -hmm. okay not boring peaceful ambient melo melodious ambient vibe yeah um, i think that's the two main members that's like the two directions so you say this one is more av tear and then meriwether is more um Pan bear yeah i could see that but but so some so, so maybe i just don't like the uh the av tear stuff as much because this yeah some i think of the, some that's of the songs it. on this i don't love yeah i think that that is i think that makes sense like i think most people fall into those two categories as a side um, note Mm -hmm. most recent animal collective album um what did you think of that what was it that's not a great sign that you no. liked it um, oh time skips time skips yeah, yeah time skips that is okay where would you say that falls on the spectrum of um of av terror versus panda bear um i don't know it's a good question because i seemed... thought it was yeah what go ahead. it seems what i thought it was more panda bear that's what you but would think right like i don't think more, it is more ambient it's actually more av tear yeah that's surprising yeah and uh one of the worst concerts i've i've seen oh really yeah what, I recently? Went, yeah i went for this tour last year we were so bored. Yeah. It was wild. Like, I never thought that I could actually be bored at, well, honestly, bored at a concert, but also yeah. bored specifically at an Animal Collective concert. I was really yeah. surprised. Yeah, that sucks. But I'm not <laughs> I'm not shocked. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, all right, jumping back to the, uh, to the two albums that we're talking about here. Um, anything else you want to say about Strawberry Jam? No. Meriwether then 2009 their album after strawberry jam uh this is the first one i heard and that's uh, maybe maybe that's Me also too. part of why yeah maybe that's why i fell into uh, liking this one more than strawberry jam because i actually didn't hear strawberry jam until after centipede hurts came out when i think mm -hmm. you recommended it to me um but the songs on this in the flowers my girls also frightened uh, lying in a coma, no more running, brother sport. Those are probably 
the ones that I like the most on this. Mm-hmm. They are all of that very ambient uh, aspect that we were just talking about, but somehow more uh, musically interesting than their later ambient stuff. Definitely. I wouldn't say this is peak Animal Collective. I think they still do a lot of great stuff, but um, maybe of that specific sound within Animal Collective, this is my favorite of theirs. I think this is, I mean, to me, Strawberry Jam and Meriwether is peak. And I still like Centipede Hurts, but it's not as, it's not, it doesn't feel like they're covering new ground as much with Centipede Hurts as they are with these two. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Maybe you also like this because it highlights their Maryland musical upbringing. This is true. I saw saw Animal Collective at Meriwether, and I think you did too, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that they're from Maryland. You know what's wild? Huh? That uh, Panda Bear collaborated with Daft Punk on Random Access. I know, memories. so good. So Panda Bear, I was also I was just looking at lists of top albums mm-hmm. of this decade, and one that was surprising to me, high I think it was higher than any Animal Collective album, and it was probably like top ten. Which one, the Panda Bear album? Yeah, Panda Bear Person Pitch. So he had two, well, actually, Tomboy was 2011, which I've heard, and it was good. But Person Pitch was, I don't know, it was more critically claimed than I thought. I, I think... I I haven't got into it that much. They all do their own solo stuff and collaborations, and I, uh, I, I have not listened to them as much as I had wanted to. And I actually remember maybe in the first season of this show several years ago, we did an Animal Collective episode, and we were trying to talk about some of their uh, some of their solo work and collaborations, and there was just so much more than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I there's a lot, I, and they I do a lot of EPs back. and stuff. Yeah, but I never went back. Yeah. Uh, well, check it out. I would like to check it out too. Pitchfork do... rated it as the number one album of 2007, higher than Strawberry Jam. Now, here's the question. Can we trust... If we can't <laughs> trust Pitchfork's negative reviews, can we trust their positive reviews? Uh, Well, you know they're trying to sound cool. Yeah. So, no, I guess not. <laughs> but I like noting it anyway. All right. Uh, you want to do your next one then? Yeah, so this is another one that I felt like was a slam dunk on your top 10 list and is not yeah shocked this was a hard there were some hard cuts in this list yeah all right so this is oracular spectacular by mgmt uh also 2007 so yeah this is probably their most popular album definitely most pop album or at least mainstream pop mm-hmm. album that they released obviously has the big hits right time to pretend kids electric fuel those are undeniable songs i will admit for a long time those were like so overplayed that kind of got tiring but after a while come back to it and still appreciate how cool they are 
I would I would throw Weekend Wars and the Youth into there also. Yeah, those are also great. Great first um, half of the album. First half is amazing. Second half, not as good. Yeah, I think that's why I didn't. Still agree. good. The first half is all like the hits, and the yeah. second half is a little more experimental, I guess, and weird. Maybe experimental is a nice way of saying bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think it's bad. I, but like also, um, one of the reasons I didn't include this because this I really did like have this on my list for a while. I uh, compared to their other stuff. This does this doesn't hold a candle to it. I feel except for really, the, except for the twenty thirteen MGMT album. That's their worst one. This is their third best one. Wow! In my great album, but that just shows how much other good stuff they've made. I would put this as one or two. With congratulations, I think congratulations is more solid, mm-hmm. but. I think the second half isn't as bad as it seems. So I definitely need to give the second half another appraisal. Yeah. It's not as catchy. What if they had just had the full album, but spaced things out a little more evenly, where they, like, every other song was a hit? Would you like it more? Maybe. I honestly can't. If you held a gun to my head and asked me, what do fourth dimensional transition pieces of what of moons, birds, and monsters? You don't like pieces of what? The handshake. I, I, I don't remember what these sound like. <laughs> I really don't remember oh, what these well, sound okay. like. That's the problem. They're good. Although now I'm just trying to defend the album, so I'm. I I, I I'm not saying it's a bad. <laughs> I think it's a great choice, and I'm glad that it's included in our collective top twenty albums. Yeah. But you're glad it's not yours. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh man, you, you keep changing these as you. No, I, I haven't changed them for. Uh, so I, I will admit, oh, I, wow. t- I typed these out at the beginning of the um, episode. I changed three throughout the course, but that, I haven't changed any for the last like forty minutes. Um, okay, okay. I, I replaced Flaming Lips, Yoshimi Battles of the Pink Robots with Daft Punk's Discovery. I replaced. Um, Hot, the Killer's Hot Fuss with this next one I'm about to discuss. And I replaced uh, Eminem Marshall Mathers LP with one more that I'll discuss later. <laughs> um, but brief note on The Killer's. Uh, the reason I took out Hot Fuss and replaced it with this next one is uh, it's just not as good of an album. It has some great songs. It has Mr. Brightside and some other stuff. But, it has a lot um, of great songs. It was yeah, an honorable mention. Definitely an honorable mention, but uh, I mean, not one of the best ones of the 2000s. What is, is Franz Ferdinand, the album yeah. Franz Ferdinand. And I, you have a Franz Ferdinand album on there as well. Do you want to talk about those at the same time? Yeah. Um, so I have their 2003 album Franz Ferdinand, and you have... Uh, I have their... I think it's 2009 album um, Tonight which Great is album. the third album yeah, yeah I was I was struggling between these two I was too um, yeah uh, they're both they're both great picks I think objectively 
Franz Ferdinand, the album is a better album. You know what's interesting? I was sort of thinking objectively tonight might be the better album. Really? Yeah. Should we flip our picks? No. Well, okay, let's talk about your, like, let's talk about Franz Ferdinand. Okay, so the album Franz Ferdinand, released in, uh, sorry, 2004, recorded in 2003, has has the songs that made Franz Ferdinand famous. Has Take Me Out, um, This Fire, Darts of Pleasure, Michael, Dark of the Matinee, 40. 40 feet. 40 feet, yeah. Um, if you look uh, at this, it's amazing. Like, these songs are so good. Yeah, well, we've also had 20 years to appreciate them. Yeah. But also, tw- even 20 years ago when this came out, people really liked it. Yeah. And it's it's a it's sort of like a punk rock European uh, atmosphere. Also, a great band name. Very good band name. Franz Ferdinand. Just sounds cool. Plus, it's yeah, Archduke. Yeah, it makes it makes you interested in the, when you're uh, a kid learning about the World War One. It makes yeah. you be like, oh, Franz Ferdinand. It's also like a that cool, band. Yeah. It's also a cool album cover. It's very simple, yet just nice, like nice font, nice color. Mm-hmm. It just looks good. They have yeah, good well, album covers. They do have good album covers. I'll also point out one song in particular on this that recently uh, had something of note. So the song This Fire, mm-hmm. um, there's a show that came out a couple of months ago on Netflix and uh, one of our co-hosts, Chris, and I have been watching this. It is an anime based in the Cyberpunk 2077 universe. Oh. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, And the theme song is a re-recorded version of this fire called This F-F-Fire with three Fs. Weird. Re-recorded by Franz Ferdinand. Does it sound the same? It sounds the exact same. I don't know why they needed to re-record it. <laughs> Have you ever seen... You've seen them live, right? Um, I've Yes, I've seen them live two times. I saw them once on their Always Ascending tour, and then I saw them once when they were touring with Sparks. Oh, that's right. I have never seen them, but I would like to. I'm just they, realizing this now. That would be yeah, fun. They, they're up there for me with The Strokes and the Arctic Monkeys and uh, Vampire Weekend as sort of in the the top echelon of uh of rock well i just missed them they were just in town in august shit what did they come out with a new album or are they just touring no on? but their closing song was this fire uh nice. and right before that was lucid dreams which is a good great song segue well, that's on yours right yeah okay so in my opinion tonight is like I said, objectively not as good, but personally, I just really like it, and I listen to it a lot. Um, in some ways, it's very similar to their first two albums. In other ways, it's it's definitely different. Um, I don't know. It's it's a little bit less hard. It's a little bit less like garage rocky, I guess. Yeah. And more melodic slash 
dance, a little kind of club. But I not just really. Love, but I just love concept albums. This is a concept album. It is a concept album about one night out, right? Yeah. Crazy night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is one of those where it's like, I think I really like it because it's not considered like an amazing album. But when I look through the full list, I'm like, it's tell me, such one, an amazing tell me album. what's bad. Tell me what's who could, bad. Who could not consider this an amazing album? It has. I don't know. Ulysses, turn it on. No, you, no girls. you girls. Send them away is good. Twilight Omens. Yeah. Bite, Bite hard. hard. What she came for, live alone. Can't stop feeling. Lucid Lucy dreams. dreams. And then I guess the last. Dream two, again. I could lose. The All last right, dream two. again. But that's part of like the whole spacey thing. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. Like, that's like you're partying until the hours of the morning, and then you're yeah. sort of re- reassessing what the hell I, I do doing with my life. I do like Catherine Kiss Me, though. I think that's a good I, song. I have um, a question. The remix album that they included um, on its initial release. So I got this album on CD, and there was a second disc. And the second disc was called Blood. Have you ever heard Blood? No. So Blood is a remix album of every song on Tonight. Is it good? It's it's interesting. Um, you know, there, it's not as good as as the actual album itself. But the reason that reminded me is because there's a song on the remix album called "Catherine Hit Me." Oh yeah, I, I do. I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. But what is it? I I forget how. It, is it like a faster version? In general, I I I remember the Blood album is sort of just being kind of uh the edm mood at the time interposed over the the song there's a lot of like like just kind of random beats thrown in and then Franz ferdinand singing so it's not on the whole you know it's not like an essential piece of Franz ferdinand canon yeah but i I do remember liking the song catherine hit me way more than liking the song catherine kiss me Uh, oh here it is blood okay and then the other thing i wanted to ask about this album is this was one of the first albums where uh they released a single lucid dreams the single was three minutes long and then the album version was seven minutes long with like a trippy psychedelic guitar solo in it yeah and this was the first time i'd had that experience of the pre-release stuff not matching what uh was on the album right and it kind of threw me for a loop and uh, which my question is, what did you think of that at the time? And two, which version of Lucid Dreams do you like more? I mean, so I didn't know that. I don't think I ever listened. I think I have listened to the single version. I would have to say it's hard. Some of the spacey stuff. I, yeah. There's too much of it, to, to be honest. It's like four minutes of that. Yeah. So sometimes I skip through a little bit, but most of the time I'm just like, all right, I'll just listen to this. It's weird stuff. Um, it's a little self-indulgent. That's fair. What about you? Do you, I mean, do you, do you ever come around to it? Yeah, I like the, I like the album version more now. Really? Yeah. 
It's called Acid Techno, three minute acid techno instrumental piece. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, I'm glad we got both Franz Ferdinand's <laughs> on here. Um, so you do, you actually only have one more left, right? Cause we already. Yeah. Um, so let me just do one and then we'll do yours okay. and my last one. Yep. All right. So I have, uh, Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. I like 2004 this double album. This is one of those ones that I, uh, yeah, I listened to. This is actually the first CD that I bought on my own. Not with money, because I didn't have money, but I was like, I went with my parents and I was like, let me buy this album, this. please. They're like, all right, you whatever. Know, I actually don't think I know this one that well. Stadium Arcadium? I know. I know Californication and maybe one or two of the other ones. Well, I will say Californication is 99. Uh, by the way, is 2002. Um, yeah. Has some good songs on it. Maybe just because I had like owned this album and listened to it a lot, I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, it was actually 2006, not 2004. It has a lot of songs. It has yeah. 28 songs. It's two hours long. Yeah. So, Danny California, everyone knows. I think you probably know that. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Um, Snow, do you know that one? Yeah. Charlie? No. Stadium Arcadium? No. Then there's a lot more that I will skip. I think I know Humpty Bump. <laughs> um... Desecration Smile? Uh, no. Tell Me Baby? Yeah. Hard to Concentrate? No. This is a popular, like, wedding song. What is? Um, Hard to Concentrate. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I think so. For, like, for what? Like a slow dance? No, it's just, like, a romantic song. Oh, okay. Um, 21st Century... Uh, Storm in a Teacup and Death of a Martian. This probably is not one of their best albums, but uh, it has a lot of, just from the sheer volume of songs, it has a lot of really good Red Hot Chili Pepper songs, and they're a great band, and this is my favorite of theirs that was released in this decade. Also, the two albums were named, uh, the, the two sides of this album were named Jupiter and Mars. Oh. But I never, ever thought of why that is, and I'm really curious now. It's probably it's probably not. <laughs> it's probably whatever something not that interesting. Let's find out. Okay, as a double album, this is from the Red Hot Chili Peppers fandom wiki. Ooh. As a double album. Uh, the album covered many different stages of the band's career, from the harder funk metal sound of Blood Sugar Sex Magic to the softer, uh, more melodic alternative pop rock sound of Californication and By the Way. It was their first number one album. Uh, it won four Grammy Awards, including Best Rock Album. Huh. And this was their last album with John Frusciante for 13 years. Yes, I do know he's kind of been in and out of the band for a while. Yeah, I think he's in it again right he's now. He's back. Yeah. Didn't they just come out with two albums? Uh, I think they might have. 
Yeah. I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Not afraid to admit it. I feel like some... I, I feel like if you are an indie rock person, you might say that you hate them. Why? You know what I mean? Because they're popular and they're... I don't know. They're not... They're, like, cool. They're not, like, sensitive, shy guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, like, fun. I think that's why. You know who produced this album? Oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. (laughs) Rick Rubin. I think he's produced, like, almost all their albums. My God. So, some of them are good. The, uh... The movie... Uh, you know, never mind. I actually don't remember. Uh, I was trying to remember what the Danny California music video looked like because it apparently has a lot of references to famous rockers throughout history, but I can't remember. Oh, I remember it. He dresses up as different singers, right? I think I think you're right, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I remember this came out when we were like graduating from eighth grade and going into <laughs> high school. I it just. It is stuck into that part of, like, we were, like, in middle school. I don't know. I always remember that. So much angst, I guess. Do you you like their other albums? I do, yeah. I really do. Um, Yeah. I like Californication. Okay, actually, you know what I'll say? I don't know if I like their other albums. I like a lot of songs on their other albums. This album, I like the whole album. So that's how I felt for a long time. And I just, like, I'm just going to listen. So I've, I haven't listened to it all a lot, but by the way, in Californication, I'd recommend both. Like um, the albums, yeah, especially Californication. I think it's a little better. Well, listen, that came out in the '90s. And That's so true. We have, so we have a whole lot of opportunity to potentially talk about that. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll okay. listen to it by by the time we record the '90s episode, and it'll be on my list. Well, and I want to listen to. Blood Sugar Sucks Magic, because my impression is most people say, I really hate the Chili Peppers, but I like Blood Sugar Sucks Magic. I don't know why. Listen. I, th- I think another thing that's... Yeah. Yeah, you said. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, that was I, I will say one thing that's hard about listening to, like if you listen to Californication, mm-hmm. you already know the big hits. Yeah. So you already know the best songs, and then you're just listening to it with the next tier. So like you already know Around the World, Parallel Universe, Scar Tissue, Other Side, Californication. Oh, I, yeah. Wait, I, I know all those. But that's, that's only half, like, yeah. So it's like amazing. That's a lot of great songs. Hmm. But then when you're like, I'm going to listen to the rest, the rest are good. They're not as good because you already know the hits so that's what's difficult all right my last album hit me is last chronologically 2009 wolfgang amadeus phoenix by phoenix i had this on my potentials yeah uh i mean again Another album, a lot of similar themes, big hits like 
Listomania, 1901 were huge. But then when you listen to the whole album, you just think they're all good. Like all the songs are good. Um, that's my opinion. I will say Love Like a Sunset goes on a little long, but still good. Um, but I don't know, I guess it seems like people don't know about it as much. Maybe that's not true at all, but, uh, doesn't come up as often as other albums from this decade, I would think. Phoenix is a French band, right? Yes. I'll also say, similar to Wilco, I love this album, and I really don't listen to anything else by Phoenix. <laughs> like, I think that after this, their next album is Bankrupt, which isn't that great, I thought. Uh, I will say some of their earlier stuff is supposed to be pretty good, but... I think this, I think Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix is their peak, so it's just hard to put them next to each other, you know, and try to listen to their earlier stuff and hope that it's as good as this album. I, I, yeah, I think this was the last, like, Phoenix for me is such a 2000s band. Yeah. I, uh, I know they've come out with stuff recently. I know they actually just came out with a song with uh, Ezra Koenig, and I listened to it, mm. and I, it was just it, it felt like uh, someone imitating this era. It didn't feel like a new song. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard for a lot of bands to stay relevant and stay and do something that's not redoing what they've already done yeah just ask Arctic Monkeys <laughs> and some bands should do more of that <laughs> make AM again um, alright should I do my last one yeah so I'm I've been bouncing back and forth between which album by this art this seminal artist that I wanted to do and there are two albums that came out in the 2000s that I think are in contention. One of them is Poodle Hat, which came out in 2003. <laughs> and one of them is Straight Outta Linwood, which came out in 2006. And I think, after thinking about this a lot, I'm going to go with uh, Poodle Hat. But Ooh. I do want to give an honorable mention to a couple of songs on Straight Outta Linwood. And the artist uh, is Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Straight out of Linwood, some great songs on this album. Maybe one of his most popular ones, "White and Nerdy." Oh yeah, "Nerdy" of "Riding" by Chameleon Air. Almost, it's pretty much. It's, it's definitely popular, better for sure. It's definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, "Canadian Idiot," a parody of "American Idiot" by Green Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, "Trapped in the Drive-Through," which is a. Uh, like trapped in the closet. Like trapped in the closet by R. Kelly, and then um, "Confessions Part 3 which is a continuation of Confessions Part 2 by Usher. <laughs> um, but Poodle Hat, which came out in 2003, 
has uh, uh, has on the whole i think a, a better uh, it's a better album and i will also say weird al yankovic is a great musician he is he is certainly a parody artist mm-hmm. that band though they they can imitate any style and they can do it really really well and he's had the same backing band for all his career really yeah and i saw them in concert a couple of years um on their Alpocalypse tour in 2011, they're like a really fucking good musical band. I believe it. It's wild. And, uh, and I'd say that he's actually like a good musical artist. And I think that of course they're parody. Of course they're funny. That doesn't mean that they're not great songs. I totally agree. And a lot of people don't think that it is. And they're just close minded people. Um, so this poodle hat has a, has a parody of, um, the song eight mile by Eminem called couch potato. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. Not the song eight mile. You know, you know what I mean? The, um, lose yourself. Lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the album eight mile, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it's a parody of lose yourself called couch potato. Um, and actually I thought about including an Eminem album in the place of this, uh, album. But there's no Eminem album that I like as much as this album. That's true. And you, I think that that was the right way to play it. I, <laughs> I initially had the agree. Marshall Mathers LP and I deleted it for Weird Al. Yeah. Um, a Complicated Song is a parody of Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Mm-hmm. Why do, uh, Ode to a Superhero is a retelling of uh, the 2002 Spider-Man movie, which is a, <laughs> a parody of Piano Man. The the hook is Sing Us a Song, you're or, or, Spin us a web, you're the Spider-Man. Oh my god. Uh, eBay is a parody of I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys. And then he has a few other songs on this that are still pretty good. They're, uh... Oh, Trash Day, a parody of Hot in Here by Nelly. So, great, great songs. Also a great time capsule of that era of music. Yeah. I didn't know that he... I'm just looking at this. Um... You know the main the main parody songs. It's interesting that he has like parody style, like he'll parody entire artist, not just a song. A song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I does. Also... He does. He does style parodies of certain artists. Yeah. Like he did uh, one on the White Stripes later on. Okay, I I definitely want to listen to this more. I also forgot about his like the polka. Yeah, he's super <laughs> into polka melody medleys. Which I think is awesome. Uh, this, the one on this album is Angry White Boy Polka. And <laughs> it um, is a polka medley of including Last Resort by Papa Roach, Chop Suey by System of a Down, uh, Fell in Love with a Girl by The White Stripes, Last Night by The Strokes, Renegades of Funk by Rage Against the Machine, um, The Real Slim Shady by Eminem, and some other stuff. And Straight Outta Linwood has Polkarama, which is a melody of, <laughs> it's a medley of The Chicken Dance. <laughs> Let's get it started. Take me out. Beverly Hills. Speed of sound. Float on. Feel good ink. Don't show by the pussycat dolls. <laughs> Somebody told me. Slither by Velvet Revolver. Candy shop. Drop it like it's hot. Ponder replay. Gold digger. And one of his own polka songs. Yeah. He. It's he's really a, the perfect encapsulation, like you said. Very skilled uh, polka artist. Yeah. 
I need to listen to my <laughs> some more. He Get has his uh his fictional biopic coming out soon where Daniel Radcliffe plays him. Oh, that's dumb. No, it's supposed it's gonna be great. What? Have you seen the trailer for it? No. It's like legitimately a movie. Uh, it's a comedy. It's a, not a real biopic about him, but it's called Weird: The Al Yankovic Story. It's a full ass movie. Daniel Radcliffe plays him. Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna. Um, wow. It's yeah. It's gonna be great. So, nineties also good stuff, right? Running nineties is gonna have some great stuff. Oh man. So at this weird owl reminding sorry. <laughs> Wrapping up the two thousands. Um, just to recap our uh very different lists. Yeah. More different than I would have thought. Yeah. I had In Rainbows by Radiohead, Discovery by Daft Punk, Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not by Arctic Monkeys, Elephunk by the Black Eyed Peas, Vampire Weekend by Vampire Weekend, Viva La Vida or Death and All of His Friends by Coldplay, Franz Ferdinand by Franz Ferdinand, Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Meriwether Post Pavilion by Animal Collective, and Poodle Hat by Weird Al Yankovic. Alright, I had Discovery by Daft Punk, White Blood Cells by the White Stripes, Is This It by The Strokes, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco, Night Falls Over Cortadala by Jens Lechman, Strawberry Jam by Animal Collective, Oracular Spectacular by MGMT, also in Rainbows by Radiohead, Tonight by Franz Ferdinand, and Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix by Phoenix. If you had to combine uh, any of these albums into the ultimate 2000s album, what would you, what would you choose? Hmm. This is a tough one. Uh, why don't you go first this time? Okay, I know what I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose Daft Punk Discovery from your list mm-hmm. and, and my list with Poodle Hat by Weird Al Yankovic. Nice. Yeah, it would be cool if you did a little Daft Punk parody. <laughs> All right. Um, I will go serious. And I'm going to go two different albums that are great and defining. I'm going to say right. Strokes, Is This It? And Animal Collective, Mary White Post Pavilion. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. They don't work well together, but... It's okay. I think we saw the Strokes at Mary White Post Pavilion. Does that count? We did. That's a good point. And Animal Collective. Yeah. Different. Um... Nice. If you oh, and then uh, any recommendations, uh, a serious recommendation of somewhat importance. I do. I actually this is the first time I actually have one. Oh. That I thought of ahead of time. Okay. 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 So yesterday I just finished the first era of the Mistborn trilogy. Ooh. Okay. Highly recommend it. The last book ending totally blew my mind. It was crazy. One of my friends told me it was the best ending of any like series he's ever read and i don't want to give too much away but it definitely lived up to that hype i'm still kind of uh still kind of in awe of how it ended so are you are you going to uh what uh, read the second era then 
I'm going to, I'm going to wait because I've heard that the second air is good. It's just different. The stakes aren't as high. Okay. So um, if you like go right into it, you're kind of like, eh, it's kind of a letdown, but I've heard that they're still good. So I'm going to just wait a little bit and then jump back into it later. Okay. But you should okay. totally finish that series. It's really good. Listen, that's a, that's enough of an inspiration to me to finish it because I'm still stuck at book eight of uh, the Wheel of Time, and I've been stuck there Just, for about a year and a half. Yeah, you need to. You can always come back to Wheel of Time, but you need to get that get that spark back. I've been reading a lot of other stuff instead of the Wheel of Time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, we should. Uh, I should do that, and then we should we should do a Mistborn episode. I'm down. Um, my, rec- my recommendation is actually a book as well. One of the many things that I've been reading instead of uh, finishing The Wheel of Time. It is Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. So um, Andy Weir is this author. He wrote The Martian from several years ago, which uh, yeah. became a movie with Matt Damon, uh, who used to be an actor before he started uh, shelling cryptocurrency. Um <laughs> So I think he used to be a scientist, if I'm remembering correctly, and now he oh, is a writer. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he writes very realistic science fiction, like like stuff that could happen in the way that he is writing about it, because he would know he knows like how the scientific community at large would approach a topic. So in The Martian, that was a very realistic, uh, you know, obviously the sci-fi conceit of someone getting trapped on Mars in the perfect set of circumstances that would allow them to then have this adventure novel where they're surviving on Mars for a year. That is a conceit in itself. But like, once you get beyond that, mm-hmm. everything that happens from that point on could theoretically happen with the set of circumstances that he has given it. Same for this one. So the, uh, the premise of this book is, um, how should I describe it without spoiling anything? There is a, a planet, a planetary catastrophe that is impending. And there is a, uh, a plan to go to a different solar system in the hopes, uh, like send us a, a science team to a different solar system to figure out how to stop the planet, planetary catastrophe. And I think I can't really say any more without hmm. spoiling it. But it's such a it's, it's such a good um, it's a well written book. And like once you accept the uh, the narrative contrivances that require that are required in order for the story to happen, it's a realistic science fiction book. All right, I'll check it out. By the way, I'm looking on Amazon, and one of the featured reviews is Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Oh really? It's a he said Weir's finest work to date. I, I think it's a very enjoyable book. People really like okay. it. I would highly recommend it. I mean, I haven't okay. finished it yet, so maybe the end sucks. But oh, you haven't finished it? No, I'm halfway through. Um, and that is that's it. good, Rick. So take a listen, uh, or well, we hope you enjoyed the 2000s and come back next time for the 90s. Yes, and remember, it will all be downhill from here as we Um, go into decades that we only lived part of or none. Retrospectively, this is uh, one of the 
the best Radiohead albums, and I think this is. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you calling Radiohead a cloud? A cloud? A clown? A clown, yes. Yeah. <laughs>